Live from the Bell House in Brooklyn, the cultural center of the universe, it's NPR and WNYC's Ask Me Another. And here is your host, Ophira Eisenberg. Welcome to Ask Me Another. Hi, I'm Ophira. I'm your host for this next hour of puzzles, word games, and trivia. I don't know if you believe in magic, but I have always wanted to. I actually once in my life went to see a Haitian witch doctor to try to cast a spell on an ex-boyfriend to bring him back. Uh, Many of you have been to see a Haitian witch doctor, so you know how it goes. But if you don't, here's what happens. You sit down with this person, and they ask you about your life. It's kind of like therapy, but at the end, they're going to cast a hex. (laughs) So it's kind of how you always would like therapy to actually go. Which brings me to our very important puzzler. He is the New York Times best-selling author of the fantasy trilogy, The Magicians, which has been often described as Harry Potter for adults. He is, of course, Lev Grossman. And here to help me with the games and provide an occasional example along the way is a man that we're calling our puzzle giant, because you might know him from the band They Might Be Giants. It's John Flansburg. Hello. So let's get things started with our first game, appropriately called In the Beginning, and our first two contestants are Cindy Naxon Schechter and Kim Marone. I know I said that the uh, game is called In the Beginning, but it is not about the Bible, in case that's where you were going. That would be on the show Smite Me Another, which we are working on. (laughs) This game is about television, and I know that you're both big TV addicts. So what, my question is, what is one show you wish you could rewatch from the beginning, not knowing how it would play out and how it ends. Cindy? Um, The obvious answer is Lost, because what was up with that? Right. But um, I'd kind of like to go back and watch some of the old 70s sitcoms, like Newhart or Mary Tyler Moore, and and watch them all the way through without knowing that she gets fired or that it was all a dream. Right. You know, stuff like that. It's all a dream? Thanks a lot, Cindy. (laughs) I'm sorry. No, I'm just kidding. Kim, how about you? I think I would have to say The X-Files because I was so into that show and the entire last season was a complete disappointment. And I just can't get it back again. It's so funny. Like Lost had, some people were very disappointed by the end of Lost. So it's basically what we're talking about is going back in time to watch a show when you still liked it. (laughs) (laughs) Basically. All right, so in this game, we are going to read the opening narrations to current and classic television shows. And you just have to tell us what the television series is. And it's not just sitcoms and dramas, but reality shows, game shows, you name it. And the winner will move on to our Ask Me One More final round at the end of the show. Are you ready? Yeah. Yes. Right answer. (laughs) That's two right answers. (laughs) (laughs) What you are witnessing is real. The participants are not actors. They are actual litigants with a case pending in a California municipal court. Both parties have agreed to dismiss their court cases and have their disputes settled here in our forum. That would be the People's Court. And that, that was Kim. And you are correct. Yes. Back when reality was classy. Yes. Do you remember that? Bailiff Rusty will lead you away now. Uh, Bailiff Rusty. 
Now the story of a wealthy family who lost everything and the one son who had no choice but to keep them all together, it's... Cindy. Arrested Development. Yes! Five years ago, a man's fantasy became reality in a forum never seen before. Kitchen Stadium. A giant cooking arena. The motivation for spending his fortune to create Kitchen Stadium was to encounter new original cuisines, which could be called true artistic creations. To realize his dream, he secretly started choosing the top chefs of various styles of cooking. And he named his men... Cindy. Iron Chef. That is correct. (laughs) Spanning the globe to bring you the constant variety of sport, the thrill of victory, and the agony of defeat, the human drama of athletic competition. This is ABC's... Kim. Monday Night Football? Ooh. Good idea, but we're looking for something way older. Cindy, would you have a guess? Wide World of Sports? Wide World of Sports. <laughs> <laughs> I'm Rick Harrison. I work here with my old man and my son, Big Hoss. Everything in here has a story and a price. One thing I've learned after 21 years, you never know what is going to come through that door. Cindy. Pawn Stars. Correct. Yeah! You clearly are ambivalent about that show. (laughs) I couldn't remember if it was Hardcore Pawn or Pawn Stars. Hardcore Pawn is the slightly more tawdry one. Exactly. There you go. Believe it or not, Pawn Stars is the classy one. (laughs) Or at least that's what I keep saying to myself. In 1972, a crack commando unit was sent to prison by a military court for a crime they didn't commit. Today, still wanted by the government, they survive as soldiers of fortune. If you have a problem, if no one else can help, and if you can find them, maybe you can hire... Kim. The A-Team. The A-Team! Yay! But they won't make it easy. If you can find them, maybe you can hire... (laughs) Like, really? Don't you want the job? Come on now. Well, they're exclusive. (laughs) The B team is cleaning up, though. (laughs) Hey, John, how did our contestants do? Cindy was our big winner. Congratulations, Cindy. Thank you so much, Kim. Cindy, you'll be moving on to our Ask Me One More Final Round at the end of the show. Our next contestant is on the line. Hi, you're on Ask Me Another. Hi, I'm Liz Bernstein from St. Augustine, Florida. Hello, Liz. Welcome to Ask Me Another. Hi. (laughs) Liz, this is John Flansburg. I know. (laughs) Liz is a big fan of yours. Excellent. This game is called Random Questions with John Flansburg. We've asked John some random questions, and you're going to figure out how he answered. Are you ready? I am ready, yes. All right, John loves all sorts of food, but he hates the taste of what, Liz? Is, what herb? Is it anise, cilantro, or dill? I, I know you love coffee and you're left-handed, John. Yes, um, wow. <laughs> um, 
Anna cilantro. I know that um, a lot of people don't like cilantro, yeah. so I'm going to go with cilantro. Mm, it's anise. That was my first guess, John. And it's oh. just for the pronunciation. <laughs> but I'm going to put that down as the correct answer anyway, Liz. <laughs> thank, thank you. You're on my side. <laughs> if John could be any member of the original Rat Pack, that's Frank Sinatra, Dean Martin, Sammy Davis Jr., Peter Lawford, or Joey Bishop, which one would he be? Um, they all got a, lot of, got a lot of suave, a lot of swagger. Sure. Um, true. Uh, but I'm going to go with uh, Sammy Davis Jr. That is correct. All right. Yes, oh my God. <laughs> At first, I was misreading this, and I thought it said, which one could he be? And then <laughs> which I, I one was, is yeah, he secretly? Like Joey Bishop. <laughs> and why did you pick uh, Sammy Davis Jr.? I love Sammy Davis Jr. I, I, I actually collect Sammy Davis Jr. records, and uh, huh. I, I find him... He's been liberated from good taste a little bit. You know, like he... It's... it's, it's uh, that's but a, such but, a nice way of putting that. But he's, you know, he's so profoundly talented. I just find him fantastic. What TV show would John most like to rewrite the theme song for? And your choices are whatever you can think of. Oh, my gosh. Um, but that means it's whatever he could think of, too. Um, let me go with um, uh, Gilligan's Island. That is incorrect. <laughs> you, know, you know? What is the correct answer? I don't know. Yeah, I know. <laughs> I know what you said. What did I say? You said America's Most Wanted. Oh, that's right. We were, we were hired to uh, write a theme for America's Most Wanted, and they fired us. <laughs> <laughs> How were you hired to write that theme? Well, we had won a Grammy for a theme for the Fox Network for the Malcolm in the Middle show. Yes. And so the people at, the, at, Mal- at Fox... They, evidently, they, the speed dial on their phone only holds one number. <laughs> but I like that they're like, they're good at Malcolm in the Middle. You know what else they would be good at? Right. America's Gross. most wanted. <laughs> ah, you know. Yeah? We're versatile. I like it. But evidently not versatile enough. <laughs> you could have just repurposed the same song. You're not the boss of me. Sounds like a good America's most wanted. <laughs> or perhaps a television commercial. <laughs> ah, yes. Finally... <laughs> Which of these jobs did John have in his early 20s? Did he remove staples from medical documents? Did he count people on trains? Or did he touch up artwork on Dr. Seuss drawings? You, I actually do know this for certain. You counted people on trains. That is correct. Yes. (laughs) I work for Metro North. Counting people, and uh, I worked up and down the Metro North lines. I worked in Grand Central Station before it got nice. And, uh, but, but the truth is, all those, all those jobs I had, I removed staples from medical documents for a month. It was exactly as good as that sounds. <laughs> and uh, I worked at Random House for a while, and uh, one of the jobs that I was told I could never talk about in a public forum was touching up artwork on Dr. Seuss drawings. Is this, is this the first time that you're saying that out loud? Nah. In a public forum. <laughs> <laughs> nah. As far as the litigators know, absolutely not. Yes. Congratulations, Liz. You have done it. Yes. You have enough correct. Clean sweep. Right? <laughs> you have won your very own Ask Me Another limited edition anagram t-shirt. And not just any shirt, but the one that John Flansburg is wearing right now. <gasps> oh, man. 
Autographed by Mr. Sammy Davis Jr. Autographed by... Yes! He is going to strip it off, put it in an envelope, and we are going to send it to you. So well done. Yeah, this has been amazing. Thank you. Coming up, we're going to get lucky with our musical guest, Julian Villard. So loosen up and listen up. I'm Ophira Eisenberg, and this is NPR's Ask Me Another. Thanks for listening to Ask Me Another, and there are lots of other NPR podcasts you'd love, like TED Radio Hour, hosted by Guy Raz. TED Radio Hour is a journey through fascinating ideas, astonishing inventions, fresh approaches to old problems, and new ways that they can create. Listen to it. It's fantastic. Find it now on iTunes under Podcasts. You're listening to Ask Me Another from NPR and WNYC. I'm Ophira Eisenberg, and with me is our puzzle giant, John Flansberg from They Might Be Giants. Our next game is called Bachelor of Yards. Mm -hmm. Please welcome our contestants, Melanie Flom and Diana Sue. Now, you are both teachers. First of all, thank you. Uh, Melanie. <laughs> Melanie, high school math. And Diana, you recently returned from teaching English to children in China. So I'm sure you're both shaping minds. But I want to know this. Your students, what do they teach you? Melanie? Well, today when I said I was going to be on the show, yeah. one of my drama majors tried to teach me to calm down and breathe and speak slowly, but I don't think I'm, I learned that. <laughs> um, so what they really taught me is that it's not always about winning. Oh, really? That's what they taught you? They try. Uh, but, but not here. Here, it's all about winning. No. Yeah, it's, it's all about, about winning, winning here. Diana? Uh, that properly harnessed six-year-old children could probably power a small country. <laughs> they are leaders, born leaders. Yeah, and uh, did they tell you also it's not about winning, it's about them winning? Um, they're speaking Chinese, so I'm not entirely sure. <laughs> they're winning. <laughs> they are winning. Okay, so what is a game called Bachelor of Yards about? It's about, of course talking like a pirate. Our Ask Me Another linguistic team figured out that to form a pirate word, you simply put a Y in front of a word that starts with A-R, and voila, you just have to pronounce it with the gusto of a one-eyed buccaneer, and you're golden. So for an example for this game, let's go to Captain John Flansburg. So if we gave you the clue, he's the Greek thinker famous for his work with buoyancy, your answer would be, Yarchimedes. <laughs> this is uh, this is the role you were born to play, my friend. Yes. All right. So you're gonna put on an eye patch. You're gonna feed Polly a cracker. I don't know anything about pirates, uh, but you're really gonna enunciate the yar. Yar. <laughs> yeah. And the winner of this round will move on to her. Ask me one more final round. Here we go. From here straight across the seven seas, it's the fast food chain famous for their roast beef sandwiches and curly fries. Diana, 
Yarby! Yarby! Yar! Diana takes an early lead. It's a place for pirates to store their puffy shirts or what they might call a wardrobe if they want to sound a little French. Diana. Yarmar! Yarmar is indeed the correct answer. And for not a bonus point, but just for fun, if you were to crawl through it, where would you end up? Narnia! (laughs) That That was just for fun, but thank you. Near and dear to a buccaneer's heart, the trickster is one of these timeless modes of behavior identified by Carl Jung. Yep, it just got weird. Diana. Yarkatypes. Yarkatype. Correct. We'll call you ship the collective unconscious. (laughs) We've got a hook for a shadow. This island, a popular beach destination off the coast of Venezuela, was a favored hideaway for pirates who probably just enjoyed saying its name. Melanie. This is wrong. Wait, Yaruba? Yaruba is right! Correct! Melanie, you are correct! Pilargo, Mondigo. <laughs> After too many tins of rum, when ye face be bearing a grog blossom... <laughs> Your face. Ye face? Ye face. Ye face. Be bearing a grog blossom. You can easily confuse this long-snouted mammal with an anteater. Diana. Yardvark. Ah, <laughs> Yardvark. Well played. All right, this is your last clue. Like this R&B and soul legend, all the pirates want in the end is a little Y-R-E-S-P-E-C-T. Melanie. Yaretha Franklin. You are a natural pirate. (laughs) Captain John Flansburg. Yes. How did our pirates do? Our pirates did fantastically. And our our big winner is Diana. Congratulations, Diana. Diana. Thank you so much, Melanie. Good game, Diana. You'll be moving on to our final round at the end of the show. Time to welcome our special musical guest, Mr. Julian Villard. Hey, Julian, how's it going? Going good. Hey, Ophira. We're going to play a musical game now, and it's called Get Geeky. Uh, Julian, how do you get geeky? When I'm by myself, I play with my vocoder. Even better than I expected. Please welcome our contestants to answer that same question, Ember Chabot and Kate Moracle. Hello, Ember and Kate. So how, uh, what's your geeky thing? How do you get your geek on, Kate? I sing Women's Barbershop. Oh, yeah. Do you, uh, do, you do competitions? We do. We you do? do. My quartet is currently ranked fifth in the world. <gasps> Congratulations! 
what do you sing? I mean, it's not, it's, is it soprano, alto? So we like to say that barbershop was invented by men, perfected by women. Ah, yeah. So we use the, we use the men's voice parts. We have basses, baritones, leads, and tenors. I sing tenor. Nice. All right, Ember. How about you? I actually have a degree in entomology. Oh, yeah, and that so would do with it. that comes a very sophisticated skill set where I can collect and curate insects like a boss. <laughs> So where do you, uh, do you have a favorite insect that I should take a second look at? Oh, gosh. Um, beetles are pretty awesome. Sure. A lot more diverse than sure. you would think. I that love nice the beetles. Um, <laughs> that's an- <laughs> right? There are no beetles in uh, New York, by the way. We call them something called cockroaches yeah. and water bugs. Yeah, yeah. And we kill them. Yeah. Maybe you don't. No, I do. I yeah, do. okay, I have a rule. Like, if you're big enough to, like, maybe have a face that can emote, like, game over. I'm going to stomp you out. <laughs> right. <laughs> Right, if you have expressions, basically. Yeah, yeah. this is a deal breaker. <laughs> All right, Julian, we've got amazing contestants. Take it away. All right, uh, so we've taken the hit Daft Punk song, Get Lucky, and rewritten the lyrics to be about hobbies and activities that might stereotypically be considered geeky. All you have to do is ring in and name the geeky activity. Yep, yeah, you got it? All right. All right, here we go. the dice they're polyhedral one of us is a spellcaster got to listen to the master save the party from disaster yeah Ember Dungeons and Dragons yes of course correct John Flansberg, are you a Dungeons and Dragons guy? You know it. <laughs> I didn't know it, but I, sure. I confirmed. Confirmed. Field, guide and toe to the fall. Wrist I go. Observe like the road. Feathered friends from below. Kate. Bird watching. Bird watching. It's not stalking if they're birds. I just realized that. It's not stalking. These plastic parts interlock. Red, yellow, blue, wall, and stock. To build a ship or a dock. I'm up all night to get bricky. I'm up all night to get freaky. 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 Ember. Legos? Legos! Ember. Yes. Technically crushing it. (laughs) So I'm the biggest geek on stage. Well, fastest geek on stage. There is Villard and Flansburg here. It's hard to. uh... (laughs) It's performance art, well, sort of. My fandom hits a new dimension Dressing up to get attention See you at the next convention Yeah Ember Cosplay? Cosplay! Yes! Uh, yeah, anyone want to admit to that? (laughs) 
No. No, no. interesting. <laughs> you you well, haven't seen some of these barbershop costumes. I don't know. You got to see some, right? I've been a crayon. You've been a crayon. <laughs> that is like the most innocent version of cosplay I've ever heard of. And we're going to be posting those photographs on the Ask Me Another <laughs> Facebook page. They're out there. I start with extract of malt at East End store in the vault. Fermenting comes to a halt. I'm up all night to get hoppy. Kate, home brewing? Home brewing! Uh, yeah, that's my fallback career, by the way, just so you know, home brewing. I like that nobody's surprised. <laughs> all right, this is your last clue. It's time to head to the bar. My team's in first place so far. Like this game on NPR. I'm up all night to get back to 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 Kate. Fantasy sports. Oh, shoot. Uh, bar trivia. That is correct. <laughs> It was extremely close between Kate and Ember. Yes. But Ember is the winner. Ember, congratulations. We'll see you for the final round at the end of the show. Have a hand for our guest musician, Julian Villar. Hey, Sophia. I really appreciate it. called Celebrity Sightings, and our next two contestants are Liz Mayer and Mike Stein. Have either of you ever had a celebrity run-in? Liz? Um, yes, I actually one time was at a uh, movie screening that George Clooney was also at. Yes. So, um, and it wasn't enough for me to just see George Clooney, but I had to um, surreptitiously kind of go get a drink and then kind of walk by him, so I brushed my back against George Clooney so I could... Yeah, I'm not really a stalker. I, just, <laughs> I thought I would get an extra celebrity point if I actually touched George Clooney, so... Could you smell him? Yes, it was a powerful... <laughs> <laughs> Mike, how about you? Yeah, uh, Kiefer Sutherland once uh, showed me a magic trick in a whiskey bar. <laughs> what? I mean, I don't want to give away the, you know, the secret because it's magic. You, wait a second. You don't want to screw over Kiefer Sutherland? Yeah. With by revealing his magic trick? I mean, it's Jack Bauer. He could be anywhere right now. <laughs> Celebrities, as we've just learned from your tales, they are just like us aren't they? Uh, they drink at bars, they hang out at movie theaters, and they play word games. No, they don't. They never play word games, but we are pretending they are for the sake of this game. Yes, uh, so what Afira is saying is that in this game, we're going to give you clues to celebrities whose last name is also part of a well-known chain store or restaurant in the United States of America. You have to figure out both the celebrity and the store and then mash them together. For example, if I said the last surviving golden girl was spotted inside a well-known fast... The last surviving golden girl was... <laughs> that's dark. <laughs> the, 
The last surviving Golden Girl was spotted inside a well-known fast food chain known for its small square hamburgers. The answer would be Betty White Castle. Tricky? Yes. Fun? Maybe. Sort of, yeah. Always the celebrity first, then the store or restaurant. And feel free to talk it out. This celebrity chef and cookbook author is often mobbed by her yummo fans, so she wears this company's Wayfarer sunglasses whenever she goes out. Mike. Rachel Ray-Bans? That's exactly right. Rachel Ray-Bans. When he wasn't working on his theory of relativity, this genius argued with his sibling about locks versus lock schmear at the breakfast and coffee chain they owned. Liz. Albert Einstein's bagels? Uh, yeah, I think we'll take that. Yeah, we'll, we'll take it. Yeah, we'll take that. The fully correct answer is Albert Einstein Brothers Bagels. Brothers Bagels. Yes, okay, but, so. but we but figured... But this is public radio okay. and we're kind. Okay. <laughs> Thank you. You're welcome. The author of Les Miserables may be French, but he loves buying suits from this notorious German luxury fashion house. Victor Hugo Boss. Correct, Liz. That's where he gets his Jean Valjeans. Ophira Eisenberg, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, I've had that joke ready to go for about three decades. <laughs> the actor who voiced Timon in The Lion King exclaimed Hakuna Matata when he found this retail store specializing in plus-size women's clothing. <laughs> Mike. Oh, uh, it's uh, Jonathan Ann Taylor Loft. <laughs> Jonathan Taylor Thomas. Was that not Timon? Uh, no. I think he was Simba, though. Uh, I think, I like that you, yeah, and Loft, and you got, you got a lot of words there that mean things. Liz? No. No, just no. No. We were looking for Nathan Lane, Lane. Bryant. Lane Bryant. Oh. oh, yeah. All right. Okay. It stings a little. It does. It does. I should have. This former Brat Packer and cast member of Parks and Recreation literally bought a dishwasher at this national home improvement chain. Liz. Rob Lowe's. Correct. Uh, thank you. And it appears that Liz is the big winner. Congratulations, thank Liz. Thank you, Mike. Congratulations. We will see you for your final round. Coming up, we'll find out what our VIP author, Lev Grossman, knows about magic and the magic of classic video games. <laughs> so stay tuned. This is Ask Me Another from NPR. Welcome back to Ask Me Another, NPR and WNYC's Hour of Trivia, Puzzles, and Word Games. I'm Ophira Eisenberg, and please welcome our VIP, 
the New York Times best-selling author, Lev Grossman. Thank you so much for joining us. Have you ever been on a game show before? Never been on a game show, no. Really? First game show. Yeah, how's it feel? It feels just utterly terrifying. It's like (laughs) my body is falling apart even while I'm standing here. It's weird. It's an odd feeling. I I understand. However, uh, I feel like you do something. This is not difficult. You do something that's much more difficult. uh, Like you've currently finished a trilogy. How does it feel to be done? Oh, it feels good. It yeah? feels great. It feels, uh, I feel really proud. It took me five years to write the first one. So now we're coming up, uh, we've actually passed a full decade that I've spent kind of thinking about these characters. I'm, I'm, I'm really ready to be done with them. I feel, <laughs> I, <laughs> it's time to walk away. Yeah, I, I, <laughs> I'm just going to put the characters down and walk away. Yeah. If some of our listeners have not read this New York Times best-selling author's work, The Magicians, uh, it has been described as Harry Potter for adults, or I like that George R.R. Martin said that The Magicians is to Harry Potter as a shot of Irish whiskey is to a glass of weak tea. Mm. <laughs> He's an eloquent man, yeah, George. Really. Yeah. <laughs> but how do you feel about the comparison to uh, your books to Harry Potter? Oh, I love it. Yeah, I'm a huge Harry Potter fan. Uh, I'm a massive Harry Potter fan. Uh, And in uh, really, you know, there was a dark time. I think many of us can remember it. Uh, It was in 2004, I think. It was in that that deep trough between uh, Harry Potter and the Order of the Phoenix and uh, Harry (laughs) Potter and the Half-Blood Prince. Right, two years that we all... um, uh, It was a real... It was a difficult time for all of us. Uh, And I really... I started playing with the story in that... Time in a kind of fa- almost a fan fictiony way, just to see, you know, I'm going to rewrite the story uh, and sort of think about ways that it could be kind of more like my life. So it is autobiographical in There's, many respects, even though yeah. it's fantasy. Yes. <laughs> so, so these are, you know, these are um, college students that are going to. Uh, that's why I say Harry Potter for adults mm. because they are basically magic university of sorts, uh, and they. Right, they're outsiders, they're depressed, they have a lot of kind of uh, characteristics of what I was like. Oh yeah, I related to those feelings when I went to university, trying to find my way. Are you saying that was the, uh, what's the autobiographical part? Well, (laughs) you know, a lot of the stories about them after they graduate, uh, you know, I I thought a lot about what it would be like when you get gone out of a school for magic. You know, you would no longer have your avuncular advisor, there'd be no sort of Dumbledore or Gandalf. Nobody's going to say, you know, here's, here's this ring. Things are very bad, but here's this <laughs> ring. There's a volcano over there. Take the ring, put it in the volcano, and we're, everything's going to be fine. There was nobody. There was nobody who would say that. No direction. Had, there was no direction at all, uh, and you just had to figure out what volcano to put your ring in, and no one would tell you. <laughs> and you never knew afterwards, was it, was it the right one? Uh, I felt very lost and unadvised. Uh, and, uh, you know, so it becomes much more a story about people trying to figure out, not so much, you know, we're going to use the magic and defeat evil, it becomes much more about trying to figure out what is magic for. You know, there's so much... uh, I love fantasy because it's escapism. That's how it uh, speaks to me. Uh, But it also sort of deals with, I guess, a lot of um, 
problems and issues without the confines of reality. But why do you think fantasy is so prevalent right now? Why is our culture obsessed with it? I mean, we are just all about magic and vampires, you know, and monsters and space. Like we, this is all of television that people are consuming. No, it's true. It's, it's some, something weird happened, I feel like, around the turn of the millennium, where we went from this, this super science fiction dominated pop culture with Star Wars and Star Trek and, 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 and X-Files and the Matrix. Uh, and then Harry Potter came in and Lord of the Rings came in uh, and Twilight came in. They'd been the Narnia movies. Uh, it's, and suddenly, yeah, the, the great sort of pop culture eye of Sauron turned and looked, looked at magic and became interested in magic. Uh, I, I feel like, you know, I feel like it's, it's really an expression of, of disillusionment. I think we went through a long phase where we thought uh, technology was the same thing as progress. Technology would make our lives better, it would solve our problems. Uh, and I think that uh, over a long period of time, uh, it just really meant that we got a, a lot of email uh, from Nigeria. <laughs> totally, exactly. And it wasn't enough for us. We wanted it to be enough and it wasn't. Uh, and we started looking for answers elsewhere and I think we turned to magic. Oh, yeah. I like that. Okay, well, Lev, you, uh, we know that you're very smart, and your books are filled with uh, some, some genius ideas in them. So we know we had to do something really special when you were on our show, and we also had to find you a very worthy opponent. So luckily, we did both. Let's first meet your opponent, Michael Swiven. Uh, Michael, you're a high school teacher, history high school teacher. Correct. Thank you for keeping the past alive. <laughs> what is your arcade game of choice? Uh, when I was a kid, my mom, for my birthday, rented me uh, the standing arcade version of Pengo. And that uh, became the, my love, other than my wife, Kendra, now. But, uh, <laughs> Pengo. I'm happy to say I'm the, uh, I think, New York City record holder. I mean, at this bar that keeps it. But uh, the, 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 the world record holder is this guy from Australia from the early 80s, or at least till recently, I think. But he disappeared after he set the record. And he's, he's, uh, he couldn't handle the adulation. He's like the Thomas Pynchon of, of Pengo. He's probably like Tron. He probably went into the game. Right, <laughs> That's right. He's right. part of the game. You're now playing him when you play. <laughs> How about you, Lev? Do you have a favorite uh, arcade game? Uh, wow. Uh, I really loved Centipede. Centipede oh, yeah, The trackball. Sure. It was an early trackball game. Uh, spent a lot of time with Centipede. Yeah. Okay, good. Because in this quiz, we are going back to the gentle days of Atari and Pong to test how well you and Michael can recall the sounds of some classic video... <laughs> our games. So no joysticks, but you have your buzzers. So get ready to relive your awkward teenage years, or maybe, in Michael's case, quite a recent time. <laughs> no. Uh, <laughs> all right. This is one of the many taunts you'll hear when playing what arcade game, which is one of the first to include synthesized speech. Pipe like a robot. Lev. Is that Berserk? Yes, it is. Oh, that's Evil Auto? Yeah. Wow, my brother would have made me pay if I missed that one. Oh, yeah. yeah, yeah. Now it sounds like an angry Siri or something like yeah. that, right? It's just like we don't hear that. Uh, that was supposed to be the future. 
This is a sound effect from what Activision game for the Atari 2600? <laughs> I, you're swinging from a vine, if I remember right. Oh, well. So pitfall. Pitfall, yeah. Yes, pitfall. Yes, exactly. <laughs> This cheerful tune was probably stuck in your head after playing hours and hours of what game? Tetris. Michael says Tetris, and that is correct. You needed to work together with your friends to play this Dungeons and Dragons-esque arcade game. Otherwise, you'd hear this. Someone shot the food. Gauntlet. Michael is just dominating. I trained for this. I will say in my defense that uh, my, 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 work, my Magicians is, is, is one of the few works in the literary canon to contain an actual gauntlet joke. Oh. Bonafide gauntlet joke uh, where wizard needs food badly. Wizard so says that, yeah. totally yeah. out of context, it kind of makes no sense, but I had to put it in there. It's one of my favorites. This was the theme to what surreal arcade game there was food chasing you Lev burger time burger time yes did you ever play that Uh, I think I watched I watched it was too intimate I watched people play it Um, I didn't have the guts to put the quarter in myself it was like a fried egg and um, a disturbing hot dog and a pickle chasing you Kale, some couscous. <laughs> that should be an updated game. Uh, vegan time. All right. This, this is your last clue. This is the theme to an Atari 2600 video game based on a rock group. Your mission was to guide the five members of the band past sneaky photographers and lovesick groupies and shifty promoters to reach their spaceship, naturally. So name the band. (laughs) Lev. Is it Journey? That is Journey. Yes, it's Journey. Good job. And that is our game. I never stopped believing. No. (laughs) John, how did our contestants, our VIP, and our special opponent do? I have been informed by the judges that they are both winners. They are both winners. Thank you guys so much for playing. Thank you so much, Michael. Thank you. And our VIP, Lev Grossman. And now please welcome back our musical guest, Julian Villard. I'm going to play you guys a a song that I actually wrote for my uh, fiancé, and it's called uh, No One's Getting Married Tonight. Baby, look at the sky I can see the bridge from here Our future's never been so clear The clock is counting The reasons why You should leave me on the brink With a lifetime left to think About this city And all its people Walking around parks Till the day they die Don't make me one of them I guarantee I'll give this love a try 
Here's what I think Let's go and get drunk without my friends Make sure the evening ends with making out in the back of every cab I don't care where we wake up If you swear you stay with me And no one's getting married tonight No girl in this bar looks better than you No matter what they do they can say Let's have a three-way We know the only two things that are true Is that you're leaving with me And no one's getting married tonight Thank you. All right, now we are going to crown this week's grand champion. So let's bring back from in the beginning, Cindy Naxon Schechter from Bachelor of Yards, Diana Sue from Get Geeky, Ember Chabot, and from Celebrity Sightings, Liz Mayer. They will be competing in our Ask Me One More final round right now, and let's hand it over to our puzzle giant, John Flansburg. It's all ladies in double trouble, Ophira. So this round is called Double Trouble. Every answer is a word, name, or phrase that begins with two of the same letters. I'll say that again, two of the same letters. That's a hint for how you can win. <laughs> for example, if I said there is a four-letter Russian acronym for Soviet Union, you might want to answer CCCP because that's the answer to the question. <laughs> We're going to play this uh, game Spelling Bee style, which is a very nice way of saying if you give her the wrong answer, you're out. Um, your prize, this is, you guys are already winners, but one of you will be the big winner, one of the four. And your prize, this is an amazing prize, Lev Grossman is going to write a piece of original Fan fiction. Think about that. Based on your favorite fictional character. Your choice. All right, here's the first question. Famous for its snow boots, this outdoor clothing company is based in Freeport, Maine. Cindy. L.L. Bean. You are correct. Diana. Express the year 2014 in Roman numerals. M-M-X-I-V. That is correct. Ember, Britney Spears boasted that she was not that innocent in this song. Britney Hit me Spears. baby one more time? No, that doesn't that work. That is incorrect. Please step to the side. And Liz? Oops, I did it again. Liz, you are correct. Amber, thank you for playing our game. Cindy. If you're in England watching The Beeb, you would be watching this television network. BBC. That is correct. Diana. This rapper stars as Special Agent Sam Hanna on the TV series NCIS Los Angeles. LL Cool J? That is correct. Good job. Liz, he created the beloved bear, Winnie the Pooh. A.A. Milne. Well done. Cindy, you're back. <laughs> this adjective is defined in the dictionary as so mysterious, strange, or unexpected as to send a chill up the spine. Eerie? It's eerie. Cindy, you got the question right. 
Hello, Diana. The Incas used this woolly animal to transport goods through the Andes. Llama. Yes! Goal! Liz, he won two Emmys for playing Jesse Pinkman on Breaking Bad. Aaron. Say the words. <laughs> he has a last name. I can't. No, I got it. Cindy's coming up to the microphone. You're doing this to Liz? I'm so sorry, Liz. Aaron Paul? It is Aaron Paul. <laughs> Diana, the question is, a name beloved by crossword constructors, this Finnish-born architect designed St. Louis's Gateway Arch. Arno or something? I can't answer the question for you, Diana. Let's go to Arno. That is incorrect. Cindy. Sarian? Sarian? I'm going to have to look to the judges for uh, their verdict. Erosarinian? Yes. (laughs) (laughs) The torture will stop now, Cindy. You are the winner. It's Erosarinian. Nice job, Cindy. You are asking me another big winner. And that is our show. Thank you so much for listening. If you would like to be a contestant, just find us on Facebook or Twitter. Just look around for NPR Ask Me Another, and you can be a puzzle player anytime, anyplace by downloading our podcast from iTunes, Stitcher, or TuneIn. Ask Me Another's puzzle giant is John Flansburg. Hey, my name anagrams as Shh, Junior Bun on Flan. Our house musician is Julian Villard. Viral June Lad. Our puzzle editor is Art Chung, with additional puzzle writing by Kyle Beakley, David Israel, Karen Lurie, J. Keith Van Stratton, and Greg Volt. Ask Me Others produced by Jesse Baker, Josh Rogeson, John Asante, Eleanor Kagan, and our intern, Kathy Zhao, along with Portia Robertson-Migas and Eric Newsom. We are recorded by Damon Whittemore, Kristen Moeller, and David Hurtgen. We'd like to thank our home in Brooklyn, New York, The Bell House. Hot Heel Blues. And our production partner, WNYC. WNYC. <laughs> I'm her right begonias. Ophira Eisenberg. And this was Ask Me Another from NPR. NPR. Next time on Ask Me Another, our VIP is a comic whose voice is unforgettable. And some think his jokes are unforgivable. Every time something pops in my head, I think twice about it and I do it anyway. (laughs) Join me, Ophira Eisenberg, with comedian Gilbert Gottfried next time on NPR's Hour of Puzzles, Word Games, and Trivia. Hey, you're still listening. You are the best. Thank you so much for listening to Ask Me Another. And there are a lot of other very cool NPR podcasts you'd love, like TED Radio Hour, hosted by Guy Raz. TED Radio Hour is a journey through fascinating ideas, astonishing inventions, fresh approaches to old problems, and new ways to think and create. Listen to it. It's fantastic. Find it now on iTunes under podcasts.